Hello there, my name is Brad. We are Grace Teaching today. Welcome to uh, today's podcast, Grace Teaching. Forgiven to forgive. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. How forgiven are we? And how does the Bible tell us to forgive others? That's what we're going to be taking a look at today. You know, when we... uh, when we work for what we already have, we lose what we already have. And the great deception in the Christian walk is to look uh, for what is already ours. See, we don't need any more. We need the revelation of what we already have in Christ. And remember, spiritual growth, folks, is not becoming, uh, but rather receiving the revelation of what we already have in Christ. I can remember a time I was... Uh, self-condemning myself as an early Christian and asking God for forgiveness up to 20, 30 times a day. I was a little bit obsessive-compulsive disorder, and, uh, you know, I was uh, a carnal Christian at the time, and that just means I was walking after the flesh, and uh, I was well-meaning, but again, I was independent. I was living for Jesus, and, of course, we're under grace, which... uh, we uh, know Jesus died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. And so I went over to uh, my uncle's house. He called me, and he knew I was <clears throat> struggling with the forgiveness issue of why Jesus went to the cross as an early Christian. And so he'd been a Christian for longer than I had been, and so he, he knew there was something wrong with my uh, Christian walk there. And so he called me one day, and he asked me to uh, go to his house. I came over to his house, and there was a guy over there that was working on his house. He was a fellow believer, and uh, sat down a minute, and uh, my uncle had this guy pray for me. He says, uh, can, this, can he pray for you? And I said, sure. So he comes over here, and, and uh, he says, put your hands up in the air. And so he put his hands up uh, in the air and, you know, grabbed my hands. And uh, I was pretty open-minded at that time. I wasn't uh, going to believe in any signs and wonders or any of that stuff. But, uh, you know, and I wasn't going to tell him I saw something if I didn't see anything. So he starts to pray for me and, and uh, he said, do you feel anything? And I said, no, not really. He says, okay, let's keep praying. And then he keeps praying, and our hands are up in the air, and he's uh, got his palms up against my palms, and and he says, how about now? Do you feel anything? And I put my hands down, and I said, yeah. I did. He said, what did you feel? I said, there was uh, something going in and through us in a, in a circle. It was invisible. I didn't know what it was. But it was like it was doing a full circle from uh, out of us, just uh, through our hands and through the bodies and kind of just doing a complete circle in us. And I tried to explain it to the, the best I could. But, and I wasn't making this up. This was true. You know, and uh, do you know in First John four eighteen, 
says there is no fear in love. The perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. You know, that that fear that I had of unbelief uh, was driven right out. And I believe the truth set us both free that day. Maybe uh, another area of his his life. Uh, but we were both set free in that area. Jesus even said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You know, under the old covenant, the old covenant forgiveness was where the, the old... Uh, Testament forgiveness was where they would go out each year and uh, every uh, priest stands and performs their religious duties uh, again and again offering the same sacrifices which never take away sins and what they did was they would go out once a year and they would uh, get an animal sacrifice, a bull or goat and they would place their head on that bull or goat and of course that, uh, that animal would have to be sacrificed and God would atone for sins. He would atone sins back then. That word atone just means covers them. So their sins for that year were covered. And so day after day, they did this for years. Uh, yeah, I can remember a time when I was asking, uh, like I mentioned, I was asking for forgiveness over and over again. I uh, struggled with OCD and uh, walking up to the flesh didn't help that situation. And uh, I was asking God for forgiveness 20, 30 times a day on the average. And I would go uh, into what I called the invisible confession booth. And then I think one day the Holy Spirit clarified, uh, uh, confirmed uh, what I experienced uh, when I received prayer, when uh, perfect love casted out all that fear, uh, the fear of unbelief. And so the truth truly set me free at that day and at that moment. And the Holy Spirit explained to me what it meant when Jesus said it was finished. That means Jesus took away our sins because God loved us. And that was his motive for giving his son because he loved us. And this is his plan before the foundation of the world. And so... We see uh, the writer of Hebrews 10, verse 12 says, But Christ offered only one sacrifice for sins, and that sacrifice is good for all time. Then he sat down at the right side of God. Okay, so new covenant, the Lamb of God uh, was sacrificed for all sins, uh, and it was good for all time. And so when Jesus said it was finished, he meant it was paid in full. Okay? This is found in John 19.30, when he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. The Greek word, it is finished, is paid in full. Uh, the word is tetelestai. And even your future sins that you haven't even committed yet were paid in full as well. See, Jesus died more than 2,000 years ago for all of your sins. And all of your sins were future at that time. Okay. And so when we, uh, when we approach our Heavenly Father now, because of what Jesus did for us and because of who we are in Christ now, uh, we are perfect. 
We are in perfect standing with the Father. And that's what it means to have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ in Romans 5.1. But by one sacrifice, he made perfect those who were made holy. Hebrews 10.14, okay, by that one sacrifice, we were made holy. And we are perfect now forever in the Father's sight. You know, the whole motive uh, for loving God is that he loves us first, okay? And what does it mean to love God? It just means to uh, want to live by the Spirit of God that's in us. And so remember that Spirit of God in us is unconditional love. And that love wants to come out of us, okay, in the form of forgiveness and grace, okay? And so God, he continuously reveals his unconditional love for us through the Holy Spirit's teaching within us, and this causes us to want to please him. We see 1 John four nineteen says we love him because he first loved us. So if you're sinning, what do you do? You know, nowhere in the scripture does Paul, in any of his letters, and he wrote 13 epistles, and not one letter did he say to ask God for forgiveness when you sin. In fact, all he said was stop. If you're sinning, stop. For an example, if you're stealing, he said, Stop stealing and use your hands to help somebody in need. Okay? Remember, sinning just punishes us. It doesn't punish God. Jesus took our sins. And so God is not punishing people for sins. Okay? So the sin issue was dealt with. Sinning punishes us. Sin and punishment is one and the same. We read in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians in 10.23, he says, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. In other words, what he's saying is that under grace, everything is permissible, but not everything's beneficial, you see. And so if you're sinning in Ephesians 4.28, if you're, for an example, if you're a thief, quit stealing, you know, and use your hands for good hard work and give generously to others in need, you see. So I can honestly say before Christ, I, I wasn't completely honest. And now in Christ, what he does is teaches me that, uh, that I need to give generously to others in need. By his grace. Okay, so remember though, if you're, if you're sinning, and, and just stop. Remember there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. That means there's no guilt, so you should never self-condemn yourself. Remember what condemnation is, folks. It's to pronounce guilty. And yet that he can come from us or the enemy. So... 
Remember, the grace of God is going to teach us now to how to how to live a godly life. And the motivation is going to come from within this within us. The spirit of God, which loves us unconditionally, is going to motivate us to live godly lives. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the last days. Okay? Titus 2.14 tells us that uh, who gave himself for us to redeem us from the wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own eager to do what is good. And so now, the grace of God is not only teaching us to say no to ungodliness, uh, but also teaching us how to do what is good. Okay? So the new, you know, when we look at uh, new covenant forgiveness now, we talked about old covenant forgiveness, and the reason why it's important to understand our forgiveness is because God's going to want us to forgive. Okay? So new covenant forgiveness, folks, final and unconditional. It's based on what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's why we read John's one twenty nine. Jesus approaches John, and John says, uh, Look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the whole world. Okay? Even Jesus said this, God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save it. Okay? And he goes to say there is no judgment against anyone who believes in him. And he's looking right at his disciples. But anyone who does not believe in him has already been judged for not believing in God's one and only Son. And now he turns his focus over to the Pharisees. And uh, so, of course, the Pharisees, we know the story of them. They, they're in unbelief. And so their judgment is their unbelief. You see that? That's why Jesus went on to say later on, he said, the world's unpardonable sin is that refuses to believe in me. And uh, there's even more good news in this new covenant. Uh, the writer of Hebrews 10, verse 17 and 18 says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Folks, I want you to take a look at the past tense there. When uh, the writer of Hebrew talks about forgiveness. I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven. You see there? Have been forgiven. And so they have been forgiven. And what we're going to see here is in a few verses here. We're going to see that in the, it's in the past tense that we have been forgiven. 1 John 2.12 tells us, I'm writing to you. Now, this is John speaking to the church in Christ. He's writing to them about their forgiveness. And he says, I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. And so, <clears throat> extending forgiveness is where we go next. You know, uh, holding on to anger is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. We all have been offended by people, haven't we? And how often has God said, forgive them? Yeah, how are you going to do that? Very simply, we're not. 
Christ died for us so he could give his life to us, so he could transmit his life through us. So he comes to live in us, forgives our sins, and he forgives others through us as we let him extend his life through us to other people. Yes, eh? God is no longer counting people's sins against them. Okay? Jesus took the sins of the world. Forgiveness was a free gift given to those who accept Jesus Christ. Period. But remember, before Christ, we remain dead in sin, unforgiven sinners. It's only when a person believes in Jesus Christ are they total, totally forgiven and made right with God in Christ. Okay? They're taken out of Adam, placed in Christ, made alive, given the right to be called children of God. And so unbelievers are judged for their unbelief, not their sins. There's going to be a lot of times where people uh, offend us. And we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But John 16, verse 8 and 9 says, And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sins and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me, Jesus said. Okay, so what the Holy Spirit's going to do is convict the world of their unpardonable sin, which is unbelief. That's the judgment. But at the same time, the Holy Spirit's convicting the body of Christ of their righteousness in Christ. Okay. So when it comes to extending forgiveness, you know, whenever you're offended, I can honestly say that I've been offended a few times. I walked out of church one Sunday morning, and my church, my uh, car had been broken into. And at that very moment, I remember Jesus was in me for the purpose of living through me. And so he forgave all my sins, and I realized he was willing to extend forgiveness through me to the person who had violated me there, violated and broke into my vehicle. And at that very moment, I said a quick prayer. I said, Lord, we extend your forgiveness through me to the person that has done this. And he did. Okay. Uh, just recently, there's uh, been another scenario where a hacker has uh, received all my information from the computer. How many of you have gone through that hassle? And that happens, you know, things happen. Same scenario where we have to go to the Lord and ask him to extend his forgiveness through us to these people that offend us, okay? Remember, we're in this world. We're not of it. We can't expect spiritually dead people to do anything other than dead things. And remember not to take revenge. Romans twelve nineteen. the Apostle Paul Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scripture says, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. I'm sure the Apostle Paul wanted to, you know, you know, get a little bit upset and take revenge for these uh, people that were beating him up and, you know, mistreating him. So accepting others is taking them just the way they are without wanting or trying to change them. Have you heard this? When I work uh, with Alzheimer's, when you work with an Alzheimer's patient, uh, they're not going to get better. They're, they're actually going to decline. So their behavior is not going to change. 
It's not going to get better to suit you. So when you're helping an Alzheimer's patient, somebody that, that's afflicted with Alzheimer's, uh, you have to accept them, take them just the way they are, without wanting or trying to change them. They're just going to get worse. We're not going to get better. Matthew 10.8 tells us, Freely you have received, freely give. Christ came to live in us. He accepts us. He doesn't keep records of our wrongs. He's not easily angered with us. Now he wants to extend that same life through us to other people that don't necessarily deserve to be forgiven and loved. Yes, forgiven and loved. We didn't deserve it either, did we, folks? So what is God's grace? Was God's grace free to us? Yes. Ephesians 2.8 says we're saved by grace through faith, not of works. It's a gift from God. We don't live for Jesus, folks. We live from the life-giving spirit of Christ. And we give grace to other people. Mercy and grace is extended to the hackers and to those that uh, mistreat us, bully us, okay, people that offend us. That same mercy and grace that we receive goes out to them. So make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Colossians 3.13 In conclusion, remember the Lord commands us to extend forgiveness. It's not an option. The New Covenant commandment says this in John 13.34 and 35. I give you a new command. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Remember, extending mercy and grace to people who don't deserve it is what he did for us. So accept one another, and just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God, Romans fifteen seven. Okay, so be encouraged. This has been Forgiven to Forgive. God bless.